Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is to serve you with information that empowers you so you can make better financial decisions in your life. And many of us are thinking about, well, what's around the corner always? Taxes. The welcome to January isn't just clearance sales and bad weather in a lot of the country. It's also when you start seeing this stuff about filing your income taxes. Well, people who tend to file early usually have uh, not the highest incomes. And there's something available that almost nobody knows about a government grant to you for saving for retirement if you meet the income guidelines. I'm going to talk about that. And recently, homeowners associations have come up over and over again. They've been much in the news. But there's something I neglected to tell you when we talked about them last on the podcast that I wanted to briefly mention is something you need to also pay attention to if you're going into a condo development or a homeowners association community. So there's something that, I mean, when I say nobody knows about this, nobody knows about this. There is a tax credit available for people who put money into a retirement account who make an income that is more modest and it's called the savers credit and it allows you to put money into an IRA, a traditional IRA and you get money from the government to help fund that IRA and you're allowed this credit that if you put in for a married couple Let's say you put in $4,000 into the saver's credit. You can get a credit of $400, 800 or $2,000 depending on your family income. And it's a sliding scale that caps out for a couple at about $75,000 a year. For someone who's single, about $36,000 a year. So this is for more modest income earners. Nobody knows about this credit. It's weird. And the credit is being improved in a couple of years. It's going to be much clearer and much easier to use. But there is something about the credit that you got to know. If you owe no tax bill for last year, you don't get the credit because it's not what's known as a refundable credit. So you got to know that you have a tax bill, which is why you don't fund an IRA for this year for 23 until you're doing your return in 24. And if you had income tax liability for 23 when you go to file your return in 24, you then can take advantage 
of the saver's credit. And if you're using a tax prep firm or you're using software and the software is clueless about the saver's credit or the tax prep firm person doesn't know what you're talking about, Google it right on your phone and show them the information on the saver's credit, how you file for it. The only thing is you set up the IRA before you finish and file your tax return. And this is one of those things that may not apply to you, but it may apply to a younger family member. It may apply to a friend who doesn't make a lot of money, maybe working for a nonprofit, something like that. And it's harder for them to save money. That's why the feds have the savers credit. That's why Congress approved it as a way to encourage people to save. Again, later this decade, savers credit is going to be much easier to use, much more streamlined, and people will likely know more about it and be more likely to use it. Krista? Cindy in New York says, you brought up that tipping is getting out of hand, and I agree. My question is, sometimes I do add a tip if I'm eating in-house. So if I add a tip in a restaurant or a fast food place, how exactly do these tips get distributed to the worker who waited on me or split evenly to workers on the front line? What about the cooks, dishwashers? Does the owner keep a percentage? All of the above. Every restaurant has its own system of distribution and it varies where tips or a portion if there's a bus person uh, the back of the house people the direct server it is different every place you go i don't think there's anything wrong with asking a server if i leave you a tip on my credit card which is how I don't know, it's a, a 90% of restaurant meals are paid with credit cards, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you actually get the tip? You just ask them. And they'll usually tell you, well, we do pooling of tips and I get a share or whatever it is. And if you specifically want to reward an individual, there's this stuff you can carry called cash and you give cash to that individual. There's something that I do from time to time because I carry a small amount of cash is if there's a situation where I'm worried the server who's done a great job is not going to get fair share of the tip, I write on the tip line, I say on table and total it out with the original charge amount. And then I hand that individual cash. And that's how I do it. So it just depends on the circumstance. But every single restaurant does it differently when a owner of a restaurant scarves up some or a lot of the tip money eventually that comes out and many times they'll find themselves as a defendant in court for that greg in california says i recently ordered a sports bag from walmart.com and my confirmation email had this includes all fees taxes discounts and driver tip Driver tip, they literally are doing the minimum they can do for me and Walmart to complete our transaction. The driver didn't even ring the doorbell. How can they force me to tip the driver, especially considering they did nothing to actually earn it? Is there a way to get my money back or do I just have to not shop at Walmart.com anymore? Fighting the good fight against excessive tipping. Okay, so the Walmart.com thing is very confusing, Greg. If you are a Walmart Plus member, which I don't know from what you said if you are a Walmart Plus member, but they have a system where you can either have shipping or delivery. And they sound the same. 
but they're not because delivery may happen usually within two to four hours and the stuff shows up and often they'll have uh, employees can earn extra money doing deliveries on their way home from work and they depend on they get I guess a little bit extra money from Walmart but the real money for them is made from tips so the idea of delivery is you're getting it within hours whatever it is and in that case that was a special trip done to deliver to you and that's where the tipping comes in just like if you were using one of the food delivery apps or something like that but they decided what the tip was for them well i i i see that but i don't understand that because with shipping there is no tipping involved with delivery you're asked at walmart.com if you'd like to tip the driver so this said included i don't understand that but that's the distinction with the difference with walmart is shipping versus delivery yeah it's kind of crazy sam's club has a thing like that as well which is also it works a little differently at sam's club but they also have a choice where we'll say shipping store pickup or delivery it's getting crazy Josh in Missouri says, I'm a beneficiary of my parents' TSP. My issue is that the parent has moved the TSP as a whole from the original government agency to a high-cost servicer. And I gave you the name, Clark. When the time comes, do I, as a beneficiary, have the ability to move the funds back to the original account, or am I stuck with the high-cost servicer? And note, I've tried to have my parent move the funds away from them, but she is extremely resistant to do so. Thank you for all the advice over the years. My wife and I, both 36 have 830 FICO scores and are on our way to have our home paid off in four years. We have no debts and max out our Roth IRAs at Vanguard. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. I'll get to your original question, but let's talk about the stuff at the end. You buried the lead. 36, by your 40th birthdays, you will be mortgage debt free. You have near perfect credit scores, but you're golden at 830. I mean, who needs any higher than 780 incredible you max out your roth iras you're at vanguard so the tsp issue is very interesting because what you didn't say is whether the money is within this new modified tsp option where it was moved to a different provider inside the tsp which means your beneficiary designation would still exist or was the money they don't call it ported out, was it rolled over into her own IRA with this ultra high cost firm? Uh, She's very happy paying 50 times the expense ratio and costs that she was paying inside the TSP. Oh my goodness. But she's happy with that and it's her money. She earned it. She saved it. And you are the beneficiary. You are getting the benefit. It'll be less money, but you're getting the benefit of her generosity. So if she doesn't want to move it, leave it. Okay, two different circumstances. If she's actually sent the money outside of the TSP into an IRA that is now being managed by this ultra high cost firm, the beneficiary designation no longer exists unless she also added one at the new firm. If, in fact, though, this is the new modified TSP, the money's still under the TSP umbrella, you are the designated beneficiary 
And as long as the rules permit you to keep the money there as a uh, beneficiary designation, TSP, you can change it back to the ultra low cost original options at the TSP. If you have to move it out, you just move it to Vanguard and have it there. Again, she's being very generous to you, naming you as the beneficiary. Don't give her too hard a time. If she's happy paying too much money for management and you've told her she's paying too much money for management, give it a rest. And you're doing great anyway, and you're going to be fine regardless. So coming up ahead, brief update on HOAs, what you need to watch out for at HOAs and condo associations. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance— Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So homeowners associations and condo associations are something more and more of us live in. And if you are across the South, including Florida, Southwest and West, where there's been so much population growth in the United States, overwhelmingly new communities are going to be in a mandatory homeowners association or in a condo association. And with them come their own governments and all that. But there's a problem that keeps coming up that when I talked about HOAs recently and condo associations, I forgot. It was something I meant to talk about and just forgot. So I'm very briefly going to talk about it and then go to your questions. So a lot of associations are not charging enough. You may be unhappy with what the condo fees are or the HOA fees. And why are they so much money? But the bigger problem is you're not being charged enough. And there's a lot of deferred, what's known as deferred maintenance. And this has been a big time issue in Florida and came so clear 
after that tragic condominium collapse in South Florida that took so many lives. And so a lot of people are just trying to get by month to month. And the people on the Homeowner Association Board or Condo Board are also in the same situation. And there's a tendency that, okay, let me give a different example. You're going around a neighborhood and you see houses that are well-maintained and you see others that are getting long in the tooth and sad. They're looking worn out and all the rest. Because when you own your own place and you're not in a mandatory association community, you can just let it be like it is until you violate health codes and maybe, maybe not the local government will come and cite you. You can have a weed-strewn lawn. You can have a roof that's leaking and you got blue tarp on it or whatever instead of fixing it. I mean, you can do pretty much what you want. But in an association-governed community, and especially in a condominium association, you rise and fall together. And so when you're buying in a community, you want to know the finances. Especially in a condo association community, you want to see a Soviet-style five-year plan that says, we need to repair this, replace that, reseal the driveway, whatever, whatever, where there's a clear schedule for maintaining the property properly and that it's being funded. What you don't want to be is in a situation where they've got the five-year plan, but they're not saving any money to do the things because then that leads to mandatory special assessments that you may not be able to afford. People who've never been in a mandatory association community could buy in a place and you think, well, this is great. My payment so-and-so and I paid this condo fee or homeowner's fee, monthly, quarterly, whatever. And then all of a sudden you get a notice that you've got a mega special assessment coming. So just want you to know you have a right explicitly in every state law to see the finances of condominium. You may or may not have the ability to see a mandatory homeowners associations books, depending on the state. But you want to know these things and you want to ask these questions. And you always ask the seller through their agent, or if they're direct selling, ask them, are any special assessments being discussed or are on the books already for the community? Krista? Kathy in Idaho says, we own a recreational property on a lake in an HOA development. Recently, the lot next door sold, and the owners want to upgrade our shared dock for $60,000 in shared expenses. The real kicker is the dock builder has a monopoly and wants half down to be put on a list to build with no promise for a date for a year. We would like to move forward, but it appears so risky. Any ideas on how we can protect ourselves and our investment? Okay, first things first, Kathy. I don't know if it's a association-issued monopoly to a dock builder or it's just been by tradition that there's only one dock builder. That is outrageous. You're going to pay half the money up front with no promise when it's ever going to happen, no control over the quality it's going to happen. I'm not doing that. You shouldn't do that. And the people who bought next door shouldn't do that. So first I would see, is this an enforced monopoly by the HOA? And if it is, Get involved and get that 
done away with because there's no excuse for that. There can be architectural standards required by the HOA, but to require a monopoly provider, that's not okay. I mean, the arrogance of that, saying, yeah, pay us half now. We'll tell you. We'll be back with you in whatever year when we're going to do it. It's crazy. Would never, ever do that. Competition is king in the marketplace. And you're telling me that you are a prisoner, wouldn't get involved. James in Ohio says, my wife and I recently received a future purchase inflation offer from our insurance company to increase our long-term care insurance. The offer was optional. It contains a semi-annual premium increase of 44%. From 1,692 to 2,432 with a corresponding DBA defined benefit amount increase of 16% from 364 to 422. You went really, uh, that was a lot of math. The premium increase was three times what the Mm -hmm. benefit increase was? 44% versus 16%. All right. So what they're telling you is if you agree to this, you're voluntarily agreeing to an effective reduction and value of your policy with a big increase in premiums versus the uh, supposed enhanced value of the daily benefit. That's a complete rip. I talked to a rep who told me the offer, in quotes, may not be available later if we do not accept. Also with the conditions of possible future medical qualification later. Note that we are in our mid-70s, retired, in reasonably good health, and a net worth of $1.5 I would much appreciate your opinion and any recommendation of how to evaluate the value of such a premium increase. So the problem with any of these long-term care policies, James, is the premiums are not guaranteed. And as you get older, a lot of these policies, I mean, you're in your mid-70s, so you are closer to likely having to need help with the activities of daily living. So you are in a situation where you may not suffer the death spiral that somebody would with a policy who, let's say, is in their late 50s to mid-60s. I think Genworth said premiums all went up like 40% or something. Yeah, I mean, this is common happening, and that's called the death spiral. They're trying to force people to drop their policies or pay much more to keep them. In this case, they're packaging it as you're paying a 44% premium increase. But if you do it, we're going to give you a little more daily benefit. And no matter how you slice it, this is a big premium increase. Uh, You've got a a decent amount of net worth. You could draw in some of that if you needed to close a funding gap each month. And I don't know that I would put more money into it because you have no idea what kind of premium increases they might force on you later. So I would pass. I have to say, I'm dealing with a long-term care policy for one of my parents right now, and I'm so glad he has it, and the premiums are similar for my dad's policy. But one thing I just want to say to anyone who has long-term care insurance, please make sure that you have a couple of other people named on there that can talk to the company. Spouse and a child probably be ideal, but a couple of people, because my father didn't have that, and I had to go, even though I had power of attorney, through a long process to be able to even speak with the company. So that's just one thing a lot of people overlook. You know, a lot of parents that uh, may buy a policy at a point where they're not as uh, confident in their kids' abilities and then kids mature. And so if you don't have anybody designated as a representative on your policy, as Krista said, please make sure you add them. Brian in South Carolina says, should I buy a tire protection plan? 
It's 10 to 14% of the purchase price. Wow. For example, a chain wants $141 on my set of four tires. So, Brian, Brian, Brian. Okay, the answer to every question is simple. The answer to every question is Costco. I don't care what the question is. <laughs> Costco or Roth IRA. Yeah. Or freeze I mean, your credit. Much, yeah. Um, so we should get a bobblehead where you're saying those three things. Yeah. So what does Costco charge for road hazard, whatever that, that kind of thing it's included in the purchase of the tires period. Five years, right? Is it five years? Mm -hmm. It's for a long time. Anyway, the tire business, it's like in the Pictionary next to bait and switch, you could put tire centers. There's a lot of games and gimmicks where people shop the price of the tire but then there's the this and the this and the this and the this added on to it. So compare the total price of tires and paying 140 bucks extra for road hazard when you can get it free somewhere else. Wow. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the place you're looking at tires, go read reviews of what people have said about them online. Mixed opinions. Just want you to read that. And wanted to tell you our one-on-one -on -one advice that we offer, that we've been offering since 1993, our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. Well, we're going to be closed in just four more days until 24, till 2024. So if you have a question for our Team Clark Consumer Action Center, this is the good time for you to reach out to them. And if you can call them, I usually just give the website, which is clark.com slash CAC. If you just want to call them, open 30 hours a week, six hours each weekday, 636-49-CLARK is the number for you to talk to them. And by the way, you still have days left to help out in our 33rd annual Clark's Christmas Kids campaign, collecting donations for children in foster care who do a wish list, never expect they're actually going to get the gifts, and then you make it happen for these deserving children in foster care. Check out ClarksChristmasKids.com to donate and have a great day.